Streets and Scholars. Thanks for tapping in with Alex Alonso and FG for another banger. What's going on, FG? They've been talking about you. <laughs> What's going on, man? They hit show have they, they going. They talking about you online, man. Yeah, man. I told them about that. They gonna get enough mess with me, though, man. And um, we, we'll get we'll get into it. But just um, just to let the people know who don't know, you went to you got sentenced to prison for 120 months. You produced some paperwork in December on your case. I mean, how does it feel when when people are are saying your paperwork is fake? You know what? To me, it don't bother me at all. You know what I mean? <laughs> to be honest with you, because I know 100% what it is. You know, so you know, there's one thing about this internet. They learn. They show me that people gonna try to jump out there and say what they gonna say. But like I say, I didn't mind it at all. But when they brought your name into it, I had a problem with it. Yeah, man. Because I'm not even the one that put, that even introduced the paperwork. I mean, there were at least I don't know two or three other platforms talking about the paperwork, and in vlad tv's latest mob james interview he doesn't even mention they don't even want to mention whack 100 right right right, what are they scared to mention this dude's name you know what i believe mob (laughs) james definitely is you know what i mean (laughs) no doubt but at the same time it was very irresponsible on vlad part to you know put that out there like he did all right well we're going to talk a little bit more about that um let's get into a few things here um still no update on ynw Melly's trial which is crazy we're in August this trial was supposed to happen a couple months ago and um, I'm starting to think that maybe the case is weaker than we think it is because when YNW Melly requested for a speedy trial that you mentioned last episode that would suggest that he's ready to go and then they're doing a stall tactic by saying, oh, we're going to try to put the death penalty on the table. Why are they just saying, all right, let's go? No doubt. I'm wondering the same thing. And he was supposed to be granted that um, speedy trial. But like you said, they putting delays on it. And uh, so um, I'm trying to see what kind of tactics are they coming with, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, I just don't I'm, I'm, I'm starting to have less and less confidence in the the legitimacy of this case the longer it takes for the for the state of florida to go to trial against ynw melly and his co-defendant what is it ynw borden yeah uh, Bortland. yeah Bortland. Yeah. yeah so um so far no updates on this man yeah they they trying to stall it all but like you say you know his lawyer and them ready you know more time you know for them to get the defenses uh, uh, uh together as well but at the same time i'm just hoping they don't do him like they just did young thug they just added some new charges on young thug oh so, yeah i mean i think it's a you know they just trying to make something stick but they just hit him with a couple more charges man so they trying to bury that kid too man that is crazy they just they they further indicted young thug man man after they already had a rack of charges on him i mean you know what i mean so they trying what they trying because they don't throw it all up against the wall and see what stick well, you know, I'm not a big fan of Georgia's RICO. I don't even think it's when people hear RICO, they automatically think feds. Right. But this is not a fed case. And Georgia is brand new. I don't want to say brand new, but it's it's something that they haven't been doing for a long time is bringing these um, RICO cases. And I have firsthand knowledge of a brother named Mad Ronald, who's from the West Side Rolling 20s, Los Angeles who is currently sitting in a Georgia jail awaiting a RICO indictment 
that he got hit with almost two years ago. He's just sitting in the county jail, and we're all confused. Like, why the heck did Georgia come all the way to L.A. to scoop up Mad Ronald to charge him with a RICO? He, he's included in a RICO with, like, 30 other people. Damn. Everybody's from Atlanta. Right. There, there might be one. There's one L.A. dude on the, on the indictment, but they got him as the leader of a whole bunch of dudes in Atlanta, and he don't even know any of these guys. Oh, I'm sure a whole <laughs> bunch of them don't know each other, but, man, some reason when they come down with these Ricos, like I said, they try to scoop them up and try to pin them, man, you know, and then especially for an L.A. guy being out there in Georgia, they probably really going to try to stick it to him. Yeah, they, um, I was reading over the indictment and the stuff they got against Matt Ronald is really weak. They even called him the leader. They called him a founder. Uh, and this is a brother that he, he washes and cleans carpets in Los Angeles. He does gang intervention. Uh, he ain't been to prison in like a decade, and they just uh, just reading over this Rico, his Rico case. Um, I'm starting to think that maybe a lot of these Rico cases are just um, a lot of speculative information in it. And even reading Young Thugs, there's a lot of shit in there. I'm like, what? This sounds crazy. No, no doubt, no doubt. But even on Mad Ronald's situation, man, the problem with that is because he's in Georgia. When he goes to trial, if he goes to trial, you know, you know, these are not a, a jury of his peers. You know, these are they painting the picture that you came from L.A. You're an ex gang member. You know, you, you maybe brought drugs or tried to entice people in our state. Sometimes that hurts when you're in another state because the jurors look at you the same way. The picture they painting, you know, is like they don't have no sympathy for you because you're from California or because you're from another state. So, you know, I hope everything work out for him down there, man. Yeah, man. I, I'm actually I actually tried to get or I didn't try. I actually kind of pulled it off. I got the New Yorker magazine, a national magazine to do an article. Uh, they wanted to write an article about Young Thug and his Rico case. Mm -hmm. These writers reached out to me and said, hey, Alex, we want to get your opinion on this whole thing. We know you work on a lot of cases. I said, I'll, I'll assist you, but you got to cover Matt Ronald's case. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and talk about Young Thug unless you talk about Matt Ronald. No doubt, no doubt. So he ended up doing his research, hit me back, and, and he actually spent half the article on Matt Ronald okay, and half okay. the article on Young Thug. Oh, that's what's up. And it really brought some light to it because we don't even know why Matt Ronald's still in custody. It's going on two, it's like a 20 months now. It's going on two years. They haven't really showed him any evidence. They haven't even said what he actually did. His, mm. his charge is one count Rico. That's Damn. it. And, um, he thinks it's some phone calls that he had with some dudes from Atlanta that right. he met on social media. And, you know, he, he does a lot of interviews, so he's looked at as an OG. Mm -hmm. And when the youngsters uh, hit him up on Instagram, he's he's very open to communicating. Right. And maybe his mistake was being too friendly to strangers. Right, right. Because these phone calls are, are all being recorded, and he got yeah. pulled into their shit. Their shit, yeah, and I've seen it happen, man. You know, and I tell people nowadays, you know, I would like to go hang out with, you know, a lot of homies I did fair time with. Or a lot of homies that's out there balling and say, hey, man, F, come come to here with us and fly over here with us, you know, do this. But hey, homie, I don't know what you really got going in my mind, you know what I mean? And I can't get caught up on your indictment just hanging out with you, you know, and sometimes that happened. So in the case of Matt Ronald, man, like I said, I'm just hoping, and, 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 and that was really cool to do put that out there publicly in this article because you would be surprised sometime we put something out publicly it makes other people go take a look at it yeah. you know what i mean if somebody could go take a look at it and say you know what we didn't know about this dude but he is over here sitting on some frivolous shit you know what i mean or some minute shit that they making a big issue out of you know what i mean 
Well, I think that um, if this case for Matt Ronald at least goes to court, goes to trial, um, there's very little evidence that he's involved in any sort of conspiracy. Uh, but it must be crazy to try to fight a case when you live in L.A. and they got you in Georgia. You got no ties in Georgia. You don't know anyone in Georgia. You have no family there. And they picked him up. He was standing or walking to his apartment Damn. right over here on um, in, in the neighborhood. And... He said um, in the article when they interviewed him, he said that he was with his daughter and he said from out of nowhere, police were coming from all angles, LAPD, Georgia Bureau of Investigations, yeah. FBI. And he thought it was his daughter. He looked at his daughter and said, like, what the hell is going do? on? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What you do? And they're like, no, we're here for you, Matt Ronald. And that's how he got um, scooped up and then they sent him to Georgia and he's been sitting in there ever since. Pretty much on on no evidence. Wow, wow. Well, I hope everything work out for him for and, sure. And I'm gonna encourage him to sue sue the state of Georgia and sue the GBI, sue all those people that are. Because um, I I really think that even in young in young thugs case, parts of his RICO indictment read frivolously. I'm not saying that these dudes didn't do nothing. I'm saying if they did something, charge them with that. But they're trying to do this thing where they investigate you for the last decade. And then they investigate you with a whole bunch of other people and they just sweep you up. And if 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 this guy did that, everyone in the Rico is responsible right, right, for right. what this guy did. And if this guy did that, then everybody else is responsible. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a sucker way to try to prosecute people. Yeah, man. that definitely ain't cool, man. All right. Um, what else here? Oh, when we spoke on on um, Boxer getting out, remember they said they had, um, where, um, what's his name, Governor Gavin Newsom said he was turning it over to a full panel of the uh, Board of Paroles. For review, yeah. Yeah, someone hit me up and said that, um, I guess I said the CDC, I keep on referring to the to the board as the CDC, the CDC, but someone hit me up and said that the, the Board of Paroles is separate from the CDC. The Board of Paroles is the Board of Paroles. The Parole Board works for Sacramento, works for the governor, and that they don't necessarily work for the prison. I, I was lumping it all in. I wasn't sure if you had any insight on that. I didn't get a chance to look it up. No, I'm actually learning this information right now because I would have lumped them in there too. I would have thought they, I mean, I knew they were separate, but I really thought they might have worked at the same agency and just were, you know, had a separate department or something. But uh, I actually didn't know that. Well, I, I'm not 100% sure. I didn't get a chance to look it up. But I'm, I'm going gonna, gonna to follow up on that to, to figure out if the, the board of paroles, the people that review whether you're going to get out of prison or not, is actually part of the CDC or if they're a separate entity, a separate body that works for uh, the governor. Uh, that, that I don't know. But somebody was hitting me up trying to correct yeah, me. Yeah, about to check on that. And uh, if, if I was incorrect, I definitely will uh, follow up on that. But... Um, uh let's talk about oh man i don't know if uh uh if you saw this but this nurse from texas was driving her car erratically down la brea approaching slauson at a high rate of speed they clocking her at either 90 or 100 miles an hour she barrels into the intersection she hits this black car that looks like it disintegrates on contact man. and at the end of the day she killed six people did man, you see this no thing? doubt yeah i saw it man she actually was a kaiser nurse man and and the thing about it was that was a sad, tragic accident. I mean, you know, when you, t you know, get into an accident, you, you know, you die yourself and stuff like that. That's horrible. But when you take the life of other people who, you know, were innocently just driving down the street or going to get some gas or going to get some groceries. I mean, that hurts, man. And six counts, you know, that's a lot, bro. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out. 
there's a debate right now going on online about like like it's and the debate is highly influenced by emotions but people are saying everything from this woman should get life in prison Mm -hmm. some people are saying this woman should even get the death penalty um, and I'm unaware of anyone that ever got the death penalty for a car-related crime. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think a death penalty case has ever been filed on someone for using a car in the commission of a crime. But um, I, don't, I don't see this woman <laughs> uh, getting prosecuted to the point where she's going to end up getting 100 years in prison. Well, the thing about it, they also, right now, her defense team, whether it's uh, public or private, are trying to push for the uh, mental illness. They trying to say she should be in a mental, you know, hospital or mentally evaluated Uh, from a lot of the stuff that I've read. She just may have some um, mental issues. Um, But at the same time, how is she a nurse? You know, somebody had to see these issues. You know, (laughs) when you're a nurse, somebody's supposed to be a super. Somebody should see that if there's a problem. You know, and I mean, people can't cover it up. You know, you don't know what's going on in people, you know, personal lives. But at the same time, how can you miss if she's that? You know, when you're trying to push for mental illness, somebody had to see this. That's for one. You know, for two, um, I've seen uh, reported on street TV that she was in 13 previous car accidents. I I definitely reported that. But the source of that is the L.A. Times. And I'm not 100 percent sure how accurate that is. Okay, because it's too new. But you did read. You did see that in the time. Okay, well, this the thing about it. Did she even have a driver license? You know, after 13 accidents, you shouldn't even have a driver license. But what if what if those 13 accidents weren't her fault? Well, damn, that's a hell of a just an unlucky one. Yeah, I heard two of them were were she got rear ended. Okay. When you get rear-ended, it's no, never it's definitely your fault. not your yeah. fault. But thirteen, even just reported accident—that's a lot. I'm starting to think that that thirteen accident yeah, might not be true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it might not be true. No uh, doubt, but this is definitely not a laughing matter, man. People lost their lives, man, and and uh, they definitely hit her with six counts. And uh, I don't think she'll get the death penalty. But I also don't know if if this was something that was premeditated. If this was something that. You know, I don't know all the facts. You know, what, what do you know about it? I don't know anything because I was actually in Atlanta when that right, happened. Right, right, So I was getting, um, I was getting a couple of DMs sent to me on Instagram, and I checked out the video. Someone actually sent me an incredible video of the accident in slow motion, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty deep." And uh, I don't, I don't know anything, but I'm, a, I'm gonna go out on a limb right here and say that I believe that her being involved in 13 other accidents is not correct. Okay. I think that's a, I think that is something that uh, the L.A. Times came across and they ran with it. Yeah, I don't even think that's possible. I mean, just just I mean, like anything's possible. But like you say, you know, and I seen that I'm like, hell no, she shouldn't even have a license. But what I did see is she clearly ran that light. You know, the light was red by like, a, you know, a long way, you know. So uh, what was going through her head or what she was thinking? Because like you said, I'm like you. I've heard numerous rumors and stuff like that. But at the same time, man, they're going to get to the bottom of it, you know, and with six bodies, they're going to do a full investigation on everything about this woman, from where she worked to who she talked to, to emails. They're going to find out. They're going to get to the bottom of it. And at the end of the day, when they come up with all this evidence and the, the real come out, then that's when the people going to start thinking about what kind of sentence this lady may end up with. Hey, she might not even end up going to prison because let's say this. What if there was a malfunction in her accelerator or her brake that ca- that prevented her from stopping that car? We we don't know if that's right, an right, issue. Right. Also, the black car that she collided in, 
what if there is a malfunction in that car that caused it to go um burst into flames flames and and they didn't want to correct it right i mean there are so many ways that this case is going to get handled uh i guarantee you some of the car manufacturers are going to get sued Mm -hmm. yeah um we don't know uh if she was under the influence of uh alcohol some people said that she wasn't some people say that she is it's too early so we don't even know anything about this case. All we know is what we see in the video, and that shit is crazy. And what's really bizarre is that if you were a pedestrian standing on the corner of Slauson and Lombrea, actually specifically standing on the the southwest corner, if you were standing on the southwest corner waiting for the light to turn green, you would have got killed. Man. Because um, I saw, and, and luckily no one was standing there because right. I watched it in slow motion. But I always tell my kids when, if you're crossing the street, you know, you hit the button, wait for the light to turn green, but back off off the curb. You know, a lot of people be standing on the edge of the curb waiting to cross and you put yourself in harm's way because car you, you don't know when a car is about to barrel onto the sidewalk. Well, you know, it's funny, man, and I wasn't going to even mention this and not to get off topic, but just this Friday night, you know, I brought, came out on my Harley, man, and... Uh, Go down to the DOs for a couple hours. Keith, I'm standing exactly on the corner. You know how you have the wheelchair access? I mean, I'm standing directly on the corner. And I got my back towards the street. We on Central and 79th. So I'm talking to my buddy Keith, and I hear a boom. So I'm thinking a car maybe hit a bike or something. And by the time I turned around, Alex, three people landed at my feet. Wow. They got hit by a van. So if they would have got hit a little harder, I mean, one of them probably would have just bowled right right into the back of me. So to go right back, and I hope the lady ended up being all right, the ambulance came and got her. But um, you're absolutely right about being standing directly on that corner, you know. And it's funny that this just happened Friday night. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it actually happens in this Not country. Not funny, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but it happens a lot around the country, um, and it happens a lot here in L.A. County. A lot of pedestrians die uh, every year from car accidents. And I learned that from my dad. When, when, when I was a youngster, I used to stand on the street. My pops would be like, hey, back up, back up. And really, we learned this from in New York when we wait for the train. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are standing on the platform waiting for the train. Right. But some crazies will push you. There's some, there's some mentally ill people. Right when yeah, that train's yeah, coming, yeah. they'll push you right in front of the train. And so my pops used to say, hey, back up off that platform. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't stand anywhere near that train because some crazy fool will push you in front Man. of it. So this is the way I'm always thinking when I'm walking around. Um, but it made me think, going back to this nurse lady who they claim had 13 accidents, which I don't believe is true at all because okay. it's just it's just unlikely. Yeah, it's far fish here. Yeah. Look, I'm listening to this guy on Los Angeles radio called Mo Kelly, KFI 640 AM, Mo Kelly, and he's reporting about COVID deaths in Miami, Florida. Mm-hmm. And he said that there were 13 Miami-Dade teachers that died of COVID like all within a week. 13 people from one place mm-hmm. and i said uh, as soon as i heard that i said oh that can't be true right, right it just can't it's just it's just my journalistic instincts just completely went into full mode and said untrue so i tweeted him and i said did you verify this story and he said well it's it's on this platform and on that platform right, right. hey the la times is saying this woman had 13 accidents that don't mean it's yeah it doesn't yeah, mean anything yeah. so so what i did because when this guy started to defend himself i'm talking about mo kelly he started to defend himself and he started to disparage me he went on the air mm-hmm. and started to say some of these idiots don't even understand what COVID is and how dangerous COVID is and he was talking about me right right and i completely understand how dangerous COVID is at that time but there's no way that 13 and the and here's the headline i have it right here 13 my 
Miami-Dade school staffers have died from COVID-19 since the start of the year. And this is a September 8th article. So basically like in a week, third, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it turned out not to be true. Right, right, right. It turned out not to be true at all. Yeah. I, I, I asked him to name the people. Um, what are the dates? Uh, no one could do it. I, I found like maybe two or three people died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So here's a headline. If you go online and you search this, you will see this headline being reported by very reputable uh, news outlets. But 13 Miami-Dade school staffers did not die in in a one-week period. So it makes me think about this nurse. Um, What's your chances of that, that she really has had 13 car accidents? You know what? That's why I turned to you. You know what I mean? And because it just, like 13, that just, it's almost impossible, you know? Um, So I I didn't believe it either. That's why I even spoke on it. But uh, maybe you knew something a little more than me. Maybe it could just be some crazy thing that happened to this one person. But at the end of the day, yeah, I don't. I, I, it's hard for me to just believe. Yeah, I was just reporting what the L.A. Times is reporting, and I'm trying to think like if if you got into two, three, four accidents, at some point your driver's license is going to get suspended and revoked. No doubt. Now there is a possibility that she's as a traveling nurse, she drives in different states, and each state doesn't know about the other state's driving record. Right, right. Well, you know, maybe like you say, uh, maybe. Um, L.A. Times put an extra one on it, you know, maybe, you know, something like that. You know, it could have just been an error, but you, we do try to trust the L.A. Times because they've been, a, you know, these pretty charitable, you know, uh, news outlet for years. So uh, if I read it in the L.A. Times or if I read it in the New York Post or anything like that, I will repeat it as well based on I expect these outlets, you know, as large as they are, you know, to be reporting the facts. But we don't always get it right. Nah, man. Um, I I find mistakes in the L.A. Times all the time because I I actually look at a lot of old newspapers. I go into the archives and I look up old cases and I'm I'm reading about cases that we already know what the case right, is right, now. Right. But the stuff that they wrote was like, oh, they were off on that right, one or they were right. wrong on that one. So uh, actually, a, a good exercise for those who who want to see how uh, how many mistakes um, the newspaper does make. Pick a story that you know a whole lot about that was covered in the media in the past and go read the early early mm-hmm. articles that they published and you'll see all the mistakes. The, the discrepancies. Yeah, yeah, a whole lot of discrepancies, man. But um, any any last thoughts on this nurse? Um, I, I, I want to ask what should happen to her, but I really don't know because I don't know what really happened. Right. I don't know if her car malfunctioned. I don't know if she was under the influence. I don't know if she's bipolar. I don't know anything at this point, really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, like you say, we don't know, have all the facts, but uh, but if indeed, cause I, you know, just rumors, I heard she had got into it with her boyfriend. I heard, all, you know, too, I heard yeah. all these things, you know. <laughs> so if any of those factors play a part, man, then man, you know, she did wrong. Now, they, uh, I also heard that she might be bipolar. Right, but do bipolar stop you from driving? I mean, you correct. Well, you know what I mean? There's people online. I was in a clubhouse room uh, yesterday, and they were talking about if you're bipolar, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be able to drive. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's what they're saying. Okay, I'm thinking bipolar was just, you know, different personalities and attitudes and stuff like that. I don't know the full, you know, definition of bipolar, but I've never knew nobody to bipolar that couldn't drive decently or had problems behind the wheel. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that you can control bipolar people from driving. Uh, my father was bipolar. Okay. He was diagnosed bipolar, but um, he had no problem driving. He's a, um, you know, a veteran of the United States Marine Corps. Uh, he, he did suffer from depression, 
and but he lived a normal life. It wasn't like he was going to go out and go on a rampage. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but um, I believe I have a sibling. I'm not sure. I don't want to put her name out there. I got multiple siblings, but mm -hmm. I got one sibling I believe is bipolar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not 100% sure. Right, 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 right. <laughs> but um, my sibling is very normal and drives and goes to work. Mm -hmm. So I, I think the idea of being bipolar is now going to get stigmatized if it's true that this this girl is bipolar. Right. You They will do that because that's what they're going to do. And um, But on the flip side... Um, with six bodies, it's going to be a thorough investigation because, I, you know, a lot of people from those families going to have different attorneys, different attorneys going to be searching for um, anything they can, you know, especially when it comes to the, the civil side of it at the end, you know, um, you know, kids were lost, you know, so it was definitely a tragic thing, man. And, and she should be held accountable for it no matter what happened. You know, she needs to be held accountable for it in, in some capacity, you know. Definitely, she's um, she she was actually given a bail. Her bail was nine million, but then when she went to arraignment the other day, the judge revoked her bail. They revoked the nine million, <laughs> like yeah. somebody was just gonna pull up. You yeah. know what I mean? I got nine for her, you know. And we're talking about this lady, and we haven't even met, said her name. Her name's Nicole Linton. She's thirty-seven years old, and uh, it looks like she's gonna be spending at least the next couple decades in prison. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, man, you know. But like I say. Um, we gonna get to we gonna see what's going on. Everything from the mental health to just you know um, any kind of um, um, situation she may have had before the accident. Was she texting? Was she mad? You know they gonna get to the bottom of it. Yeah, it's gonna take a while before yeah. we find the truth. Um, I heard that rumor about the boyfriend thing. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of so. crazy. Like she's mad at your boyfriend, so I'm gonna just drive this car at the actually the and, and where she drove it she was actually coming down the hill mm -hmm. if you ever drive um south on la brea right you're coming down a steep hill well, so you're already without even pressing the gas your car is flying down that hill well let me ask you this i mean any, any so some people could believe that a uh, uh, suicide was a factor you know i mean it's different people you know everybody gonna have a different you know take on it but at the end of the day like i say until we get to some more evidence on it you know um I can't really give a you know a full judgment on it. Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to wait on that and get some more information. Uh, NBA or WNBA player Brittany Griner, who's been sitting in a Russian jail for the better part of this year, was found guilty of uh, possessing. What is it she was possessing? Some sort of marijuana? A cannabis. I believe she had a pen, you know, those uh, marijuana pens. Yeah. They smoking now. What's your whole take on that? We haven't spoken on it. So this is our first time talking about Brittany Griner. What's your whole take on that? Um, my take is, you know, I was a Brittany Griner fan when I used to watch the NBA. You know, I used to champion the NBA. You love to see them play and all those sort of things. But at the end of the day, Alex, I mean, when you're going overseas, you know, you got to be on your P's and Q's. You can't go to Russia and China and these states and be slipping. That's just, that's just you know, because at the end of the day, slipping count, Alex. You know what I mean? And when you get caught slipping, they're going to charge your ass. So um, she's saying that she forgot it in her bag. Me personally, I don't believe that. Yeah. But nine and a half year sentence is way far, I mean, ridiculous. I've seen articles where people got caught with a little bit more and received less than half of the sentence that she got but i also believe that she got that nine and a half years because the u.s put their interest in it real quick so they, i'm believing they trying to use it as a bargaining chip to maybe bring some of their people home 
So they gave her a whole bunch of time and they said, okay, we want somebody over there that got 10, 12 years to, you know, but the U S showed their interest real quick. So I believe, I believe that's the reason why she got so much time. Well, believe it or not, we got about 30 or 40,000 Americans in American prisons that are serving time for the same thing. Right. You know, they're for marijuana. No doubt. You know, I think, isn't that crazy? We got 30,000 inmates right now for marijuana offenses and ain't nobody advocating for them to get out. <laughs> no, no doubt. But I'm going to be totally honest with you. You know, if you get caught with what she get caught with over here, you're not probably you might get a ticket. I don't even see them taking you to jail. Just to be honest with you on that part. You know, we say that it is 30, 40,000 inmates in here for marijuana. I don't believe any of them in there for, you know, 0.7 grams. To be honest with you, I, I do have to say that part, you know. Yeah. But I, but I, I totally understand what you're saying, cause on the flip side, if me and you were over there in prison with the same 0.7 grams, and we have got five years, six years, ten years, they won't be advocating for our ass. I can't say that. That's for sure. Uh, but her being an NBA player, she's actually a center. She's like seven feet tall, something yeah. crazy like that, and. Um, for the the world to be giving her all this attention, there is a good chance that she might get out at some point. But I, I heard from, from one article I read, the United States is going to have to give something up in terms of a Russian prisoner in order to get her out of jail. No doubt, but then that's what you come to say, that what, that's kind of a slap in the face to regular American citizens because it's basically saying that, you know, superstars or athletes or movie stars, you know, are better than the rest of us. You know, so... Um, because if she wasn't a WNBA star, you wouldn't hear none of this. And, and the U.S. wouldn't give a damn about how much time she got over there. She had to do it. And her medical marijuana prescription, which is she's claiming she has, is, is not valid in Russia. No doubt. You, <laughs> you know can't what I mean? take it. That's, that's my point. You know, and for people that's listening out there to travel abroad, you know, stop playing with these people. Stop trying to go to these other countries. If you're going to, to, to New York or you're going to Chicago, hey, that's something different. You know, they try your hand, you know what I mean? But when you start traveling internationally outside of these places to, to Russia and China and places like that, come on, man. You should know that if they catch you, they're going to bust your head open. Now, on the flip side, I'm wondering, had she done this before and, 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 and successfully done it other times is what made her feel comfortable, you know, if she really didn't know that it was, I mean, you know, if she did know that it was in there, you know. She probably has successfully done it. Like I've successfully have gotten a six ounce tube of toothpaste through the airport once or twice before. No doubt. But sometimes you know they catch I mean? you and say, hey, that's too many ounces. Exactly. You exactly. Know? So, you know, I'm just wondering. Uh, but on the flip side, it, it, the, the sentence is just way excessive, man. It, it is. But that's what they do in that country. Look, I was in I was in Amsterdam once. And they have all kind of drugs that are legal. Mm -hmm. You can go to a whole section there. Uh, it's called the red light district. Mm -hmm. Smoke, get high. I think they even give it to you in restaurants. I never, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, go all the way <laughs> with it. But I remember I was catching a flight from Amsterdam to London. And we got the lecture saying, mm -hmm. hey, just because drugs are legal here, it doesn't mean they're legal in London. Mm -hmm. So don't even think that you can take drugs from here. And, you know, Amsterdam and London are not far apart. So you would think it's it's like it, it's closest. It's like going, it's probably shorter between going from L.A. to Vegas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you're in a whole other country. You're on a whole different rules. And I remember when I was on that flight to London, there were some Americans that brought some drugs. And when they got, when we landed in Heathrow Airport, 
they were taken into custody. And I'm sure that they got the same lecture that I heard. And, you know, mm-hmm. and, and there's no way on God's green earth I'm going to try to smuggle some drugs from Amsterdam to London. But if you do that, you're going to have to pay the prices. No doubt. It's not even just in, in those places. I mean, it, when you come in on a cruise from, from even Mexico, when you come in on a cruise, before you get back, what they do is they put a trash cans out there. And they make these announcements clear. We don't care if y'all got drugs. You know what I mean? You know, we've been partying in international waters. We don't care about that. Don't try to get off them sh- this ship with those drugs. You know what I mean? And they put baskets out there. Look, you got any leftover drugs? Just, hey, just throw it in the basket. You know what I mean? Or, or, or you know, just flush it down the toilet. Do what you're going to do, but don't bring it off the ship. And I'll be damned, man, if, if, if in 2004 I'm coming off a cruise and um, I'm good. You know what I mean? I smoked my little weed already. You know, matter of fact, left the rest because I believed them. You know what I mean? So I'm coming off the cruise and um, it seemed like they randomly picked people to pull over for a minute. So they, they, they pulled me over and they detained me. So I didn't understand what the situation was. So I've seen people go back there and 15 minutes they release them. You know what I mean? So I said, well, maybe they want to search me or something. They detained me, Alex, and, and they and they uh, thirty minutes went by, an hour went by, three or four hours went by, and I'm like, hell, hold, hold on, <laughs> what's going on, man? They, you know, one one officer said, man, I don't know, and um, and um, they detained me for six hours before they let me go. That's crazy. It took me until I the feds picked me up to find out that what happened was I had a sealed indictment. So when I came back into the to the U.S. They had to get in touch with the feds to see if they wanted them to detain me. And it took them six hours. And by the time they got at the feds, they said, no, no, let him go. We, we, we got it. Let him go. And that's what they ended up detaining me for. But while I was sitting in there, I seen white people, Asians, trying to bring their drugs back. And they was getting cracked. So there were a lot of other offenders. A lot of other <laughs> offenders, man. And, you know, like I said, mine wasn't for that. It, but I seen I seen how the process worked. People trying to sneak their drug bags, man, you get cracked. Now you got a whole drug tech case federally, you know, because you're trying to bring back an eight ball. Of, do, 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> to sniff when you get home, you know, you, you know, and, it, and something that might have cost you a couple hundred. Now it's going to cost you a record and a few thousand. So but but you guys were actually warned. Everyone said, I hey, mean, throw, throw hey, it out. If throw you got it out, something. if you got it, man, we not we not the police. We just don't take it through customs. You know what I mean? So when you come in through Miami or you come in through L.A., when you get to that customs, man, they serious, man. Yeah. You know, I've never actually uh, taken a cruise. Oh, OK. OK. I was going to invite you on one. Uh, I'm going on another one at uh, the end of the month. So that that cruise must have been um, one of the last fun things you did because you said that was 2004. Right, right, right. I had a ball. <laughs> hey, no, I had a ball. It was a Super Bowl cruise. Oh, man, we had a ball. Because if I remember correctly, did you get popped in May of 2004? Uh, no, I got correct uh, uh, in uh, November. Oh, November. Yeah, Near but, the end. Okay. Yeah, but uh, they had already had their hooks in me, you know. So yeah. when you come back in the country, it was in the computer that this dude is, you know, this the one to do. And uh, and they never told me what happened until when I got my discovery and was going through my shit. I, that's why they detained me at, uh, at the cruise lines and um, so they Long de- Beach. they detained you on a case you hadn't even been indicted I hadn't yet. Hadn't huh? been indicted yet. Didn't have no idea what was going on. But dude kept saying, "I don't know what's going on." Yeah, He's like man, what's your social? And then he was asking me questions like, "You on parole? You on probation? You on?" He's like, "I'm like, nah." They go back and check some more. He said, "Man, I'm trying to figure it out." He didn't, you know, they were trying to see what was going on, but 
they at the end of the day they knew what was up they had to get in touch with them feds to say so they had your name on a list then they had my name on the list man wow yeah and i, I tripped off that you know and I, I even laughed about it while i was in jail like damn they knew all this time and when my name hit that computer coming back into the country hey they say man hold you know the the the, the uh customs held me and they had to wait till they got in touch with the fbi and the fbi said no let him go we got it damn yeah. that is um that's crazy every time we talk about your case it's always some new shit. oh yeah they better <laughs> shit. a lot of shit was going on man yeah so yeah, so yeah. so coming back um this was a, a cruise to mexico yeah this was a cruise to mexico so coming back from the cruise to mexico the u.s customs uh, I guess there was a red flag on your name. No doubt it popped right up because as soon as I come back through the through the lines and as uh, soon as I walked out of checkout, they, 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 they pulled up on me deep. Excuse me, sir, this way, you know. <laughs> and, man, my car was left out there. By the time they let me go, the, 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 the cruise ship was reboarding for another cruise to go out. I had to call my people, you know, and, uh, but at the same time, you know, I just shook my head like, damn, what was that about? you know and then after you went home and thought about it did you just kind of just forget about maybe they made a mistake maybe they thought i was a different frank thornton or what what? i could never put it together you know and even the homies was like what was that about homie i was like i don't know you know i couldn't put nothing together you know but i did see people coming in there getting detained for trying to bring them drugs back and you didn't caught yourself a, a a whole fed case you know bringing drugs from international you know internationally you know, when you could have just threw that shit in the trash can, man, and bought some more when you got there. It's plenty in California. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I I remember I, I was in Hawaii, and uh, I ended up buying some edibles. <laughs> and um, actually, I went to go buy some edibles, but this dude who was a fan of the of the website and the, and the platform <laughs> said, "Oh man, I, I got a spot for you." So he takes me, he drives me all around the island. I'm like, man, we're driving for like 30 minutes. And he takes me to the spot, and we're in this garage, a bunch of Hawaiian dudes. Mm-hmm. I don't know any of these right, people. Right, right. But um, he introduced me to everyone, and he says, that, yeah, he wants to get some edibles. So this dude opens up a freezer in the garage, and it's just full of edibles. So he, he pulls one out, and he gives it to me. And I'm like, how much I owe you? He was like, oh, no, it's on the house. But he gave me such a, a huge amount of right. these edibles. When it was time to come back, I was like, man, I'm, I'm going to take these to L.A. Right, right, right. I, I was a little nervous, though. Yeah, I was yeah, like, damn, yeah. should I do it or not? So I'm in the bathroom at the airport. Port. so i broke a part of it off because it was so big and threw mm-hmm. it in the trash and, and saved some of it mm-hmm. and uh it, it got through but but do you think that was a risk or is that's not that bad because hawaii is america it's not a foreign yeah, country that's, that's still the u.s yeah. you know what i mean and it's not that big man and you know at the same time like you say back then you know it's crazy how they check you when you go through the airport now you know i kind of think that man i see how people was getting shit through LAX and all these airports back in the day because it was just they just didn't have the technology that they got now you know what I mean and, you know now they got a scanner that you stand in it spins around your whole body man to tell you every every everything they tell me man you got a broke leg you got a pins in your leg you know they 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 know back then they just did yeah well um I think this is a great segue because um we now know that the reason why the was this car what, what was the um the shipping company the, that you were on was a uh, carnival carnival yeah it was a carnival cruise okay yeah. so we all we know we now know why the u.s customs and border enforcement um held you up for what five hours six six man, hours them, man it was long hey when they held you up did they have you just chilling or did they cuff you or nah, they had me in a cell like just chilling you know the door was open they kept coming back you know agents kept coming back saying dude we trying to get you out of here 
Yeah. You know, they were, they was polite and all that. I believe it was over some of their heads. Yeah. They kept coming back, man. What's your social number, man? You got a junior on your name? Man? Uh, was, you know, and they yeah. was they was trying to like for a minute, I really believe they was trying to figure it out. No, they probably yeah. didn't have all the information exactly, on it because exactly. US but um Customs and Border, they're kind of like the, the bottom of the Fed agencies, mm-hmm. you know. At the it's the CIA and the FBI. Right, they're, right, the, right. They're the, the 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 top dogs and all the other alphabet organizations are below them. Mm-hmm. So they probably weren't really privy to everything that was going on and then they finally got a call saying hey yeah we he's under investigation but he's currently not indicted you can let him go mm-hmm. and but why would it take six hours to get that call man it took him <laughs> six man you know and like i say well i had talked about it remember the cruise we went oh yeah they, they had tell my six hours you know and uh and uh because even the homies like what you had you know what i mean i'm dude i ain't had nothing you know, and like I say, we left it alone, you know. Well, unfortunately, um, we, we got to talk about something that I actually agreed not to talk about this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a perfect segue from, you know, you being held by the, the Border Patrol uh, because James McDonald, a.k.a. Mob James, was working as a federal uh, informant. And he he got you caught up into a a drug case, no doubt. And I agreed. Look, a lot of people don't know this, but we're gonna talk about it. Mob James and myself had a phone call. We had a phone call because he did a stupid video where he said if there was a whole bunch of white boys stomping me out, he would say kill Alex. Yeah. I mean he he's got that much hatred for me, but he don't have the hatred for for FG. He don't have the the hatred for Wack One Hundred, but he's got the hatred for the journalist who did the interview. So I took that little clip that he put about wishing death upon me and I put it on my Facebook Mm-mm. just so everyone could see this is this is where he's at with it. This right. is this is the level of hate that he has for me for me doing an interview with you. And I got a call from him. Mm-hmm. Reggie Wright Jr. called me up and said, hey, Mob James wants to holler at you. Can I can I tap him in? I said, sure. Tap him in on the line. So he tapped him. He tapped him in, and then basically he was calling to apologize for wishing death on me. He said he he didn't. He was denying that what he said was wishing death. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said it's, it's your words, James. Everyone could see it. My family is watching this shit you said. Right, right. So he apologized for wishing death on me. He apologized to my wife. My wife was sitting right there when I took the call, and then we also agreed. And this was what Reggie Wright said. Hey, can we agree to stop talking about it? And I said, um, yeah, we could agree to stop talking about it. Um, you know, I, I won't talk about that he's an informant anymore. I, I can leave it alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then he pops up and he's talking about it again, F. No doubt. But, man, we got to point that finger at Vlad, too, man. You know what I mean? We can't give him a pass, you know, because Vlad know exactly what the hell is going on. And you want a steady coming here, you know. And James should have went on there and said, listen, man, I don't want to talk about that. I don't know how everybody do their interviews and stuff like that. If it's just wide open, you can ask me whatever. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you know, he should have notified Vlad that, look, man, I want to stay away from that topic, you know. And Vlad went in and went in and mentioned my name and talked shit about you. So we got to get on his helmet, too. You know what I mean? And I don't think it was professional at all. And at the end of the day, you know, James shouldn't even spoke on it again. Now, let me play a little clip from that. Uh, This is part two of the Mob James interview on Vlad TV. Let me cue this up. Let's see. Let's see if I can get this to play uh, so people could uh, know exactly what the heck we're talking about. And if I can't get it to play, so be it. Let me see. All right, we're gonna have to come back to it. But what? But what this guy Vlad said on this interview, and he, this is the second time. This is the second time he said it. 
He says that I've been talking down on him. I've been talking foul on his name and I've been saying negative things about him. And I really, well, I guess you could say some of the things are negative. They're just, they're just critiques. Right. And he has this belief that um, I got some hatred towards him, but I'm going to break this down. There, there are three things. There are three issues that I have with Vlad. I have an issue with him speaking on the honorable minister Farrakhan falsely mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then not apologizing for right. it. Um, I have a problem with him speaking on reparations for black Americans and in his in his world, reparations comes in the form of free education when reparations should be cash. There were cash for the Japanese. There were cash for the Jews right. during the Holocaust. It was cash for Native Americans. But for black folks, he's saying they should get uh, free education when, when most people don't need or want a free education. So I had an issue with that. And then I had an issue with him paying for interviews because that is not part of the journalistic protocol. I know with YouTube and, and social media, people aren't going to abide and respect the rules of journalism. But this is the reason why you have this interview with Mob James because he paid Mob James for this interview because I, I already because I actually was the middle person between the first interview that that Vlad paid Mob James for. He paid him a thousand dollars for the second interview he did. So um, since then, he's been getting paid each one. So when you pay someone for an interview, you're obligated now to answer all his questions. Gotcha. What Mob James should have did was say, hey, I don't want to talk about that topic. Let's move to the next one. But he can't do that when you're getting paid. When you're getting paid, you better answer him. And we've already agreed we're going to stop talking about this. And now you got this guy, Vlad, slandering and libeling my name, saying things that are 100% untrue. Nobody faked any paperwork. What's your response to all that, F? You know what? No, I feel exactly how you feel. You know what I mean? Vlad was out of line. You know, he know the paperwork real, though. He know exactly what's going on. Vlad got, you know, lawyers and attorneys and people that he can really go get the check. And if he was doing any kind of journalism uh, professionally, he would have had his people check. And he wouldn't have asked him if. He would have asked him when you did this, blah, blah, blah. How did you feel? Or when you did this, you know, not if. You know what I mean? And not insinuated that it was some fake paperwork, you know, when he knows damn well that this situation is real and true. No doubt about it. So, um... I don't know uh, what my next move is going to be, but I can tell you this. um, It's not over with at this point. And let me let me also add this. in: when I had this conversation with Mob James, this was a private conversation between me, him and Reggie Wright Jr. I had no plans on ever speaking again on the issue like we're talking about it now. And I really had no no plans on even discussing or revealing our private conversation. But I'll say it right now. In that conversation, I told he, he he told me he was disappointed that I would do an interview with with you because him and I were friends. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, you're right, we were friends. But when I learned that you were an FBI informant, James, right, um, I can't rock with that. You and and you are a snitch in the worst way. You have a snitch that let's say you have a, a crimey and you guys get caught and then you tell on the other one. That's a snitch. This was uh, you went out of your way to snitch. No you, motherfucking doubt. You and FG were not crimeys. No. UNFG wasn't rocking together. UNFG wasn't really doing anything together. You set this man up. 
you entrapped him into a cocaine transaction that he would have never done if it wasn't for a favor for Droshan Owens. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you're 100% right, you know, and and to be honest with you, man, you know, what he need to do, homie? For one, you know, uh, Vlad need to apologize to you for one because he know he don't want to run that fade with you because I definitely, <laughs> hey, Vlad, I know you don't want to run that fade with him, but on the real, what Mob James need to do Call Alex Alonzo, come on this show, do an interview, and just lay it all on the line on why he did what he did. You know, tell the truth to the world. You know, let the kids know, man, that this the type of shit happened to you. Friends tell on friends. People go bad. You know what I mean? And there's consequences to that. You know. So at the end of the day, man, he could turn it into something different, but to keep, you know, denying it and, you know, talking about fake paperwork and FG line, don't nobody believe that, man. Just, just come, just say what you did, man, you know? Yeah, um, I mean, that's, that's up to him. But uh, one more thing I'll add that, that this conversation that we talked about, I told him, look, I said, I did the interview. It's out there. The paperwork is out there. And I said, but I said, James, I got more paperwork on you. Right, right, right. I said, uh, I got more information on you, but I will agree to leave it alone and we just, you know, if I even said, if you want to deny it on the internet, that's fine. You could deny it, right. but, you know, amongst the conversation between you, me and Reggie, Wright, You know, we ain't going there. Right. Right. And I said, I said, I dare, I dare you to deny it with me on this conversation because I spoke to, I spoke to the lawyers. I know who the prosecutor is. No doubt. I got more paperwork. There are more transcripts. There are more cases. So if you want to go there, James, we can go there. But he was quiet. Of course. He was quiet like a motherfucking mouse. No doubt. So I am shocked that he decided to go do this interview and let Vlad lie about paperwork being fake. No doubt, man. And that's where the disrespect came in. Because as you see, Alex, I don't talk about the shit. You know what I mean? I don't go on my channel, you know, ranting and raving or even bringing this dude name up. You know what I mean? The shit is what it is and it was what it was. You know, but at the same time for, you know, y'all to keep bringing this shit up and bringing this shit up, like you say, it's more. So at the end of the day, man, leave this shit alone and tell Vlad, leave this shit alone. You know what I mean? And stop taking interviews where you this question is going to be asked to you. If you're not willing to keep, you know, for consequences or, or, or other information coming out, leave this shit alone, man. Yeah. And, and I even called Vlad up. I called Vlad up. Dude blocked me. <laughs> he ain't taking my call. I send him. I send him a text. Um, so and he got message from other people that he does interviews with. Right. I hit them up because I know they talk. Exactly. I said, hey, tell Vlad to call me. He said, all right, I'm on it right now. Um, I, I did that for like two or three people. Right, right, right. No, no call back no from call Vlad. Back. Right, no. right, right. So uh, I'm starting to feel like this dude wants to slander me. And I don't know why, you know, he's got the large platform. Yeah, he do got a large platform, but at the end of the day, Alex, I'm talking about real gonna recognize real, no matter how big his platform is, for anybody who me that follow or know Alex Alonzo on Street TV, they know what you about, dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, my, I have a, a flawless track record when it comes to any work or any stuff I've ever put on the internet or posted that goes back to the 1990s. Um, it, this goes back to before some of these people were even born that are um, checking this out right now. Um, you know, I've I have consulted on over 600 criminal court cases. I have testified in over 100 and something cases. I have been flown out throughout this country from every level of court, from civil, criminal, um, 
uh, what other um, military court. I've been flown to military bases because they got trials too. Right, no doubt. Um, and and my name is very good in all these spaces. And I think this is the first time in the history of my career that someone is saying that I'm lying. Right. No, you 100 percent right. But let me reiterate this though. You've spoken. I'm sure he's heard you, and he's going to hear you. And at the end of the day, I would kick back, you know, and I believe, I believe he won't do it again. I, I honestly, you talking about Mob James no, or Vlad? About Vlad, you know, I, I believe he won't try you again, bro. You spoken, and and I believe he won't go there with you. That's my opinion. Well, he already went there, and that's <laughs> enough for me. Um, and, and and because James wants to co-sign what Vlad did. You know, I, I'm considering um, putting out some more information on James McDonald, a.k.a. Mob James, who was an FBI informant between the years of, um, I believe, 1999 to 2004. He had a beautiful five year run there with the feds. He was getting paid money. He was getting paid money in the four figures, meaning like three thousand, four thousand, you know, five thousand, right, right, two thousand. Right. And he told on multiple people. And I'm going to say this, too. Ma Pyrus, y'all too quiet out there. The Ma Pyrus is too quiet out there. You letting this dude run all over the internet, talk all this shit, and start defaming people. And I know some of you Ma Pyrus. I got a lot of respect for Ma Pyrus, but y'all motherfuckers is too quiet. Well, you know one thing about it though, Alex. You know, it is it, it's, it's it's a delicate situation when you get to talking about you know the streets and. I believe he was put in a situation, like you say, by Vlad, man, you know, he kind of had to answer something a little bit, like you say, once he took the money, you know, but at the end of the day, I'm sure you sent a clear message to knock that shit off. You know what I mean? Well, I, I thought that the conversation that I had with Reggie Wright and Mob James back in June, this was a conversation we had in June. Mm -hmm. I thought the message was clear there. No doubt. And even Reggie said, hey, you know, Stall him out. Yeah, stall him yeah, out. Yeah, And he, here's another thing. Reggie even said in this phone call, this phone conversation, can it come to a point where you'll forgive James? And, and when you start talking like that, you're basically saying it's true. Right, yeah, right, Forgive right, him for right, what? Right, forgive yeah, him for, yeah, for yeah, being no an informant. Right. And um, I said, well, it ain't, it's not me to forgive. No doubt. You know, it's for uh, FG to forgive and for uh, his, his kids to forgive and his wife to forgive and all the lives that he's fucked over to forgive. It ain't for me to forgive. I'm just a journalist. You know, I, I could sit in a room with James and in this conversation, James mm -hmm. was saying, you know, I, I, I can't fuck with you no more, Alex. I can't even be in the same room with you. I'm like, OK, if that's how you feel about me. You know, but you, you, you have a, you don't have an issue with me. I'm not the enemy. Uh, if, if you have an enemy, it would be either whack 100 who was who who marked your ass out for a whole hour on bomb first. No motherfucking doubt. Or NFG who put the paperwork out there. And really, let's throw in homeboy from from Campanella Park, Piru, because he he's with the smoke, too. No bullshit. Kenzo. Kenzo is the one that got the ball rolling on this whole thing. So, Vlad, if you want to, if, if you're trying to slander me, you're slandering Kenzo from Campanella Park, some real Pyrus. You're slandering FG from Cross Atlantic no Pyru. And, and you're slandering anybody else who's been speaking on this um, with, with integrity and truth and honesty. Hey, well spoken, well said. You know what I mean? I'm sure he's going to reach out to you now. You know, if not, and when you holler at him, Hey, let him know. Stop playing with you, man. All right, man. Any last thoughts before we wrap this up? 
No, nah, man, I just want to uh, uh, speak on, uh, like I say, we're going to keep our eye on um, the, um, the car crash over there in Los Angeles, man. Like I said, I uh, send my condolences to those people that lost their families and their kids and wives and stuff in that uh, accident, you know, and um, keep my eye on what level of uh, intellect she had, if she had any mental disorders. We're going to keep, keep, keep on that, Alex, and uh, see how that turn out. Uh, and are, are, um, are, are we saying free Britney um, Griner or she's got to sleep in the bed she made? Well, you know what? Nah, man. Knock some of that time off at least. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You know, knock eight of them years off, man. Stop. You know what I mean? I, I mean, that's even too much, but I'm just saying don't do it like that, you know. What do you think the uh, the 40,000 people who are serving time in prison right now for marijuana offenses, I, I don't know the answer to this, but what do you think is the, uh, the normal sentence for a marijuana offender? Well, you know, I've seen some homies in there had 20 years for marijuana, you yeah. know. Now, I don't know how much they had and all those sorts of things. But at the same time, you know, the problem with this is marijuana is out here illegal in so many ways. I know the feds still say it's illegal, but to the state, it's still illegal. So the state can let some of these dudes out with no problem, you know what I mean, and, and, and send them home, you know. And, and that's what, you know, they should be working on as well. You know, how can you say one thing about one person and then don't help the next? I mean, I've seen them do it before, but at the end of the day, man, you got so many people that sit in these jails for marijuana because maybe it was a third offense or maybe it was a, you know, because of their record. Yeah. Let these people out, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I guess uh, Brittany Griner should uh, give her a one-year sentence. She's already been in there since uh, February 17th, but, uh, you know, uh, this is Putin. This is Putin's government. This is Putin's justice system. And I don't think they believe in one-year sentences for marijuana. No doubt, but at the same time, what she also caught up in is politics, you know, and this shit happens in the street as well. You know, sometimes politics plays a role on why certain things happen, you know, and um, so hopefully, you know, the politics can get pushed to the side and they can at least get her home, man, you know, because what she's in there for, I believe, is minute, but at the same time, I can't say it's minute for their country. I can only say it's minute here. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're going to have to trade uh, a prisoner, a Russian prisoner for her if she's going to get out anytime soon. So uh, I guess we could just say free Brittany Griner, man, and I hope she can get back to her craft of playing basketball. And um, we'll, 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 we'll be on top of this Nicole Litton case, the, the woman that crashed, crashed into all those people on Slauson and La Brea. And uh, that that wraps up this another episode. Uh, where, where can people catch you at, F? Uh, they can catch me on Instagram at fgeneral1. You can catch me on uh, YouTube at fgeneralunleashed. I mean, fgunleashed going in on Vlad. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, that's where you can get me at. All right, I'm at alexalonso101, all social media platforms. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. I'm about to drop some more content on street TV. I've been out of town, so I've just been a little bit slow. And I want to thank everyone for tapping in on another episode of Streets and Scholars. Mm -hmm.